chapter sixteen of one thing needful this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org one thing needful by mary elizabeth braddon chapter sixteen shall we not laugh shall we not weep never had lord lashmar felt less inclined to play the host than upon this particular evening he was so thoroughly out of temper that it was an effort to him to be even decently civil voices jarred upon his nerves truisms and platitudes almost maddened him and mrs mulciber's gentle prosings about the dado society and the awakening of the love of the beautiful in the mind of the artisan made him feel murderous one relief and one only was afforded him did you know that mr nestorius was going away lashmar asked his mother in the five minutes before dinner no you don't mean to say that he is gone yes he left an hour ago in time for the eight fifteen from rum he sent me a hurried little note business of state something to do with the coming elections oh he'd had a telegram no doubt no i had no idea he was going to leave us i'm dreadfully sorry sighed lady carmenau he has been a little distrait lately but at his best he is quite the most delightful man in europe that is a large order said lashmar pray have you met all the delightful europeans i've met all the typical men replied clarice reprovingly the men who are held up as examples parisians viennese belgians italians spaniards one meets the best people of every nation don't you know in diplomatic society i think i know all the men who have reputations and not one of them has the fascination of nestorius it is a kind of glamour what a happy word exclaimed mrs mulciber yes it is glamour everybody agreed that the word fitted mr nestorius like a glove it was by glamour that he had secured majorities wriggled himself out of difficulties and led the british nation by the nose and then they all went into dinner and enjoyed themselves just as much as if the glamorous had been there lady carmenau was on lashmar's right hand as usual but she found him a very disagreeable companion how tired you look she said i'm afraid ironworks worried you not at all the ironworks are delightful i envy you the sense of power you must feel when you survey that army of blackened faces you must feel like zenobia before she was conquered zenobia never was beaten interjected lady sophia across the table she never could hear a classical name without referring it to the racing calendar she was one of the finest two-year-olds that lord zetland ever owned he sold her to count lagrange for a pot of money on the strength of her newmarket successes and she won the grand prix the year after lady lashmar retired soon after the ladies left the dining-room and it was about ten o'clock when lord lashmar on his way to the drawing-room was startled by a tremendous ringing of his mother's bell a summons so violent that he took fright and hurried at once to her ladyship's room expecting to find her attacked by some direful illness she was not ill but she was in a towering rage and turned upon her offspring as a tigress on her cub 
where is stella she asked i have not the faintest idea is she not to be found that you inquire so vehemently she is not to be found anywhere in this house she was to have read to me at half-past nine it is the first time she has ever disobeyed my orders she is getting too grand to obey orders perhaps she has gone off with mr nestorius what do you mean surely you have seen what has been going on under your eyes the gentleman is impressionable the lady artful she has been trying to secure a wealthy husband she has brought him to book perhaps and is off and over the border they can be married before a registrar in brum or in london to-morrow morning nestorius could not be such a madman who knows he would not be the first to count the world well lost for love if she is gone you may be sure he is concerned in her departure she would not have the pluck to go out into the world alone without the slightest knowledge of life outside these walls without friends or money but is it so certain that she has bolted she may be only outstaying her time with old werner listening to some bookish twaddle we can very soon ascertain that said her ladyship striking the spring-bell which summoned her personal attendance before it could be answered barker came in with the latest intelligence stella has been seen to leave the castle with a little carpet-bag one of the housemaids had met her on the back staircase and had asked her where she was going going away she had answered for a holiday for ever the housemaid had concluded that miss boldwood had been dismissed by her ladyship and had not considered it necessary to mention the fact till she heard barker making inquiries my servants are a regiment of fools said lady lashmar pray at what hour did the housemaid meet this girl a little before nine o'clock that will do for the present barker whereupon the patient barker vanished nestorius left at seven and was driven straight to the station he can have had nothing to do with this girl's running away said her ladyship he may have inspired it may have planned to meet her in london no lashmar nestorius is above all things a gentleman he would not wrong that girl even in thought he would not compromise her by a scandalous elopement or take a base advantage of his residence in my house you must think of someone else there is no one else it is horrible to think of that girl alone friendless utterly ignorant of the world penniless not knowing which way to turn for a meal he had been savagely angry with stella that afternoon had deemed no words too hard or too bitter had scorned her as a schemer and an adventuress of the lowest type and now that she was gone from him forever perhaps utterly beyond his reach he thought of her in her helplessness the strangest tenderest pity thought of her as a mother who had been led away by anger might think of a rebellious child pictured her in her ignorance of life falling a prey to this scoundrelism that lurks in great cities to the traps and snares set for innocent feet we must have been infernally cruel to her he exclaimed that she should be driven to do this thing i don't know what you mean by cruelty for the last two years since she has been my reader and secretary she has led the life of a lady she has not soiled her delicate fingers she has had her own sitting-room her meals served to her alone as if she had been a gentlewoman she has been allowed to carry on her education at her own pleasure granted but have you treated her kindly after all even boldwood's daughter is a thing of flesh and blood with instincts and feelings able to be glad and sorry she would encroach no doubt if treated too kindly but do you think we have been too unkind i do not know what we 
may have been i know that for my own part i've always been civil to her civil yes that is the word but i believe there are some natures that cannot exist upon bare civility there are souls which revolt against luxuries enjoyed upon sufferance you did not do much to brighten her life did you she had to fall back upon books as the only possible delight and for a young creature to have no other joys than she can get from books seems rather a dreary business you did not dress her over smartly either or gratify her youthful yearning for prettiness and bright colours her soul must have sickened at that perpetual black gown are you mad lashmar that you preach to me like this no i am only remorseful very remorseful great god if we should have driven her into danger why she knows no more of the outside world than a baby but perhaps she has only gone to the nearest shelter to old Werner's cottage i will go and hunt for her there you go yes i would rather go myself i shall be in a fever till she is found i have been a wretch a cold-hearted vindictive brute i have been systematically uncivil to her i who know how fond my poor brother was of her i who for his sake ought to have been kind she had a bad influence upon me somehow she stirred something evil in my nature i hope i shall find her with Werner. i dare say you will and you will exalt her idea of her own importance by going after her in person you had much better send a stable boy no i want a smoke in the open air i'll go myself he went being a young man who always took his own way it was an infinite relief to him to get away from those cold questioning eyes of his mother's and to get out into the cool night air the fresh free october air flowing up from the river and swirling the newly fallen leaves about him as he tramped across the park never had he been so disturbed in mind as he was about the flight of this girl she was nothing to him absolutely nothing he told himself it was only his guilty conscience which was punishing him he had allowed his prejudice his dislike to go too far he had seen her suffering under his mother's icy tyranny and had made no remonstrance he who was young and prosperous and happy had done nothing for a friendless and oppressed youth he who called himself a man had never pleaded for womanhood deprived of all womanly joys and to-day he had gone further had attacked a defenceless girl with most insulting speech he had been brutal offensive ungentlemanlike what was it to him if she had angled for a rich husband schemed for home and position for all those things which had been withheld from her was it his place to be angry if he should find her with his brother's old tutor he was prepared to humiliate himself to apologize for his unwarrantable anger to promise her fairer treatment and a happier home in the future to pledge himself that her life as a woman should be brighter than her girlhood had been the lamp was burning in the old bookworm's parlour but he was alone with aristotle and the rest of the learned dead he had heard nothing of stella's flight was in the deepest distress of hearing of it no she had never told him any of her troubles but he knew she was not happy had never been happy in her home at the castle since her benefactor's death her ladyship has a very fine character he said apologetically but she has never understood stella the girl is altogether exceptional she has genius lord lashmar original genius the only person who has ever understood and appreciated her except my humble self is mr nestorius mr nestorius is in love with her said lashmar sharply that is what understanding and appreciation mean in this case well it may be so replied the student thoughtfully he certainly was profoundly interested in her he seemed to take a delight in her society 
would linger and linger when she was here and hang upon her words perhaps it was on her account he came here so often of course it was on her account i tell you werner he was over head and ears in love with her he is old enough to be her father what of that a man of his temperament is never too old to fall in love what are we to do werner how are we to find this girl he might as well have appealed to the shade of aristotle the old man was sorely distressed at his favourite's flight but he had no suggestion to offer i would walk barefoot to london if that would help he murmured but it wouldn't help what we want is a bright idea i'll telegraph to nestorius the first thing to-morrow morning if he had no hand in her flight he may help us to find her End of chapter sixteen